Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing, drumroll please, moments of silence for this epic time and place. Fighting Mr. Second, Return of the Runner-Up, We Best Love Season 2, whatever you want to call it, Episode 3, peeps. We are halfway through this series, and I could not be even more happier than I already am with this series so far. I mean, it's one of those that you think it's going to be good, and then it even exceeds your very best of expectations, which is very hard because I have really high expectations when it comes to certain things like Asian BL drama. So anyway, this totally exceeded my expectations. Episode three is a roller coaster ride of epic proportions set in less than like 31 minutes, peeps. But anyway, this episode opens up with Gao Shidi sitting on the couch and Zhao Shui and his dad sitting on the other couch. Zhao Shidi is where uh, Gao Shidi is wearing his suit he's gotten his clothes on this is always a good thing because naked people make little to no influence on society and Zhao Xu and his dad of course are dressed too so this is excellent they'll have some impact on society we know now so anyway and Gao Shidi explains what really happened five years before in this scene and what happened was he came back to Taiwan after about a year in the States, maybe two, I'm not sure. I think it was one year. And he could not get a hold of Zhao Shui after a certain period of time. And he could not figure out why Zhao Shui wouldn't respond to texts, wouldn't respond to calls. He gets back to Taiwan to try to figure out what's going on. He doesn't know that Zhao Shui came to the U.S., saw him with a blonde woman and the baby and thought the worst and just gave up. And he gets a call that's from Zhao Shui's phone, but it's not Zhao Shui. It's Zhao Shui's dad. And he goes to meet Zhao Shui's dad, who tells him that Zhao Shui has given him up to leave his son be, and that they should never have been in a relationship to start with because he wants grandchildren. And his son to, you know, have a quote, quote, normal life with a girlfriend, a wife, children, and him to be accepted in Taiwanese society more easily and among his own family of elite people, which wouldn't happen quite so well if he ended up with Gao Shidi, who number one, isn't from an ostentatious family. And number two, they would be a same-sex marriage couple, which obviously his dad didn't approve of. I really get aggravated and I'm going to get on my little soapbox here and just say just quite honestly what I think. And, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but this is my podcast and I can do what I want. But I'm really sick and tired. I mean, really sick and tired of the BL dramas showing parents who get themselves in a tiff over their child not maybe giving them grandchildren. Number one, because this is a totally illogical assumption, given that we live in, you know, the 21st century now, and children can be either A, adopted, or surrogate parents do happen, you know, in this day and age. I'm just saying, even among couples that are not same-sex couples, for whatever reason, people decide to have someone else carry their children for them. And, you know, I'm just saying, why do we think that simply because Zhao Shui and Gao Shidi would end up together, that means that there wouldn't be 
grandchildren? I mean, that's such a lame thing to assume. And as I like to quote, one of my personal favorite quotes is, assumption is the mother of all screw-ups. And in this case, I think again, because I really don't like how in BL drama, we simply assume that the couple will not have children and that the parents should get in the tiff because they won't have grandkids. And also the other thing is whether we're talking about same-sex couples, whether we're talking about straight couples, whatever, the fact that the most important thing to the parent isn't that their child it is with someone who is compatible and actually will care for them very well, but that they just want them to basically be baby breeders seems like a really lame thing for their own gratification. I mean, no offense, this is like selfishness to the norm, I would say. And I'm sorry, I'm going to get off my soapbox now and calm way back down, but I really am kind of sick of seeing this in BL drama in particular, it's kind of like I'm sick of seeing toxic women in BL drama in particular. So I don't mean it weird. I'm going to retract myself from the soapbox. But this is a scene that I think is very sad because Zhao Shui's dad really shows his true colors to Gao Shidi in this scene. He shows that really he doesn't care about his son's happiness. All he cares about is that his son produce an heir and look good in society. Whatever looking good in society is, and really, do we really care as long as we're happy and content and living well? I mean, no offense. I'm just saying there's way better things to do with our time than worry about what society thinks about us. But I digress again. But anyway, at the end of the day, Gao Shidi looks at Zhao Shui's dad and says, you know what? Zhao Shui may have decided to break up with you. You may have his phone. As his dad points out, he has the phone and Zhao Shui changed his number. He says, you know what? This may have happened, but I'm not giving up on Zhao Shui because we are good together and I am going to continue to pursue your son whether you like it or not because really what matters is that we care about one another and that is not going to change it hasn't changed since you know i was in fifth grade and it certainly hasn't changed since we got together it's at this point that he looks at zhao shui's dad and it's at this point that i think gao shui gao shidi makes the worst mistake of his entire life i mean totally the absolutely worst mistake he ever made and you know, i think it's kind of interesting that this episode is basically called self-righteous efforts that go awry because in his heart of hearts gao shidi was trying to do the best thing for both him and zhao shui and he ended up doing the most hurtful and worst thing he could have possibly done with the best of intentions. And I'd like to say that people don't do that, but I know in my own life, I have totally done that with people that I care about. I mean, I may have the absolutely best of intentions and it might just go to hell in a handbasket. I'm going, well, there's one for wanting to do the best that I could by somebody and having it go absolutely AWOL. But anyway, so Gao Shidi turns to the dad and says, you know what? I'm going to make this work with Zhao Shui and me. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm going to make this work with Zhao Shui. But what am I going to have to do to get your approval so that Zhao Shui doesn't have to live his life under the shadow of not having your approval because he loves you. He cares for you. And I want to make it so that when we're a couple, you're not going to be looking poorly at Zhao Shui. So what's it going to take for me to be the kind of person that will be impressive enough for you? 
And this is where I think Gaoshidi is totally wrong because he's sitting there going, I must please the dad when really he's, he's enough for Zhao Shui. So really that's all that matters is that you're enough for the other person you're going to be with and they're enough for you. It really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. And at the end of the day, I think it's very poignant how this turns out because it would never have been enough for Zhao Shui's dad. Zhao Shui's dad will always find something to be wrong about. Rather, Zhao Shui ended up with Gao Shidi or ended up with, you know, an quote, quote, normal family with a wife and two kids and a dog. I mean, you know, no offense, but he still would have been unhappy with Zhao Shui and how the world perceived him just because of the kind of person Zhao Shui's dad is. But anyway, Zhao Shui's dad says, you leave my son alone for five years. You don't call him. You don't text him. You don't write him. And if my son finds a girlfriend within those five years, you leave him be entirely forever. Also, you must prove yourself well in business or the bet's off. And Gaoshidi makes that bet. He agrees to not see Zhao Shui for five years because he wants them to be able to be a couple with the approval of Zhao Shui's dad. At the end of this conversation is Gaoshidi's on the sofa on one end, opposite Zhao Shui and his dad. Zhao Shui says, I want you to leave. And I want you to do it now before I want to hurt you. And Zhao Shui's dad says, yes, we want you to leave, Gao Shidi. And Zhao Shui looks at his dad, he says, no, I'm not talking to Gao Shidi right now. I'm talking to you, dad, because you know what? Every time in my life that you have supposedly intervened for my best has ended up almost killing me. He said, you know, when I was little, you took me to go diving because that's what guys do. And he said, I almost drowned. You took me to go skydiving and I almost killed kill myself that way. You took me to go climb a mountain. That was almost kill me too. And you wanted me to play basketball, which really didn't work since I was short and small and broke a lot of bones in the process. I mean, everything that you want me to do to make you happy, to seem okay for society has almost killed me. And now I found out you were the one responsible for why Gao Shidi never came back. And Zhao Shui then leaves and goes up to his room and his dad follows me. He says, no, I want you to leave dad before I say something that, you know, I don't want to say, I need you to go. And so Zhao Shui's dad leaves after putting up a big fuss, thinking that maybe he can, you know, stay, make his son happy. And he says, like, no, you have really torched this, dad, because these are five years I'll never get back. And at the end of the day, Zhao Shui then looks out from his bedroom like he's got a loft with a little window. And I think in this episode, I really realized that I like Zhao Shui almost as much surprisingly as I have come to like Gao Shidi for very different reasons. But this episode really showcased the qualities of Zhao Shui in a way that I hadn't seen before in this series. And, you know, the thing that I liked about this scene was Zhao Shui's looking out of his window and he says, Gao Shidi, I need you to go and give me some space right now too. And Gaoshidi is like, you know what, I, I want to talk to you about this. And he says, you know, Gaoshidi, you made this decision without asking me what I thought about it. When we were together in college as a couple, 
was that just like a blip on your radar or was that something that you saw being long-lasting and gosh she said i was planning on it being forever i just was trying to make your dad happy so we you know could have forever and zashri looks at him he goes but you never asked about my forever which you know has been taken up by these five years of space which you know we'll never get back i mean this is not what zashri saying but basically the gist of it is you know my forever you never asked about you were just trying to make the decisions for both of us to protect us and in the end it ended up costing me it ended up costing you and it really didn't achieve anything we were going for it's at this point that gaoshidi leaves meets zaoshui's dad outside they both kind of look each other over and then go to the pub together and it's at the pub that i think the most important conversation of this episode or this whole series so far we're halfway through happens because it's at the pub that gao shidi finds out what really happened to create the silence between him and zao shui that he couldn't figure out when he was in america and he finds out from the dad that Zhao Shui thought he was with a blonde. Now I'm not really sure why being with a blonde woman would have been worse than you know being with a brown-haired woman or a black-haired guy. I, I really don't know what's up with the blonde woman being like the worst thing in the world. But anyway, Gosh Shidi's looking at the dad going, "I wasn't with a blonde woman. Why does Zhao Shui and and Zhao Shui came to America? When did this happen?" And he finds out that Zhao Shui when he and Gao Shidi were a couple went to his dad and said, "I really don't care whether you like it or not that I'm with Gao Shidi. We're going to be together. We're going to end up getting married. We're going to end up having our lives together and you're going to have to be okay with this dad." And he finds out at this point that everything that he was trying to protect Zhao Shui from, Zhao Shui had already gone to first base and tried to protect Gao Shidi from with his dad. and he finds out that Zhao Shui though i think there's a lot of Zhao Shui that seems kind of naive kind of childlike childlike almost petulant if you will there's a lot of him that's under the surface that i think is in a way absolutely charming and not like in a romantic oh how cute kind of way but in a willing to try to help with a relationship in a way you wouldn't expect when it comes to him and Gaoshidi i think the thing that i like most about this whole series and it's not because it's a bl series i was actually having a conversation on youtube with someone else who was liking this series we were watching and bees of it together but anyway and i said you know the thing that really interests me about this series and they were talking about too is the characters are present with one another it's like with sao shui and gaoshidi even when things aren't okay with them they're present they're in that moment they're not really you know looking at other people looking at the situation i mean yeah with gaoshidi he made a massive major mistake with trying to please the dad so you could say he was looking at the dad for approval but in their relationship i think the thing that really sets them apart as a couple in the bl world and is also one of the reasons for this extreme popularity of the seasons right now they're actually making a season 3 my 2021 just got way better peeps but anyway you know the thing that i think sets them apart as a couple is they are so present with one another and it's not because of the passion it's not because of the whatever although yes they are very passionate at times i mean no offense it's like wow uh, episode 2 was uh 
interesting. Let's just put it that way. But you know, I mean, no offense, I'm going, no matter what situation they're in, they are present with one another. And I think the thing that I think a lot of relationships you lose sight of, even from the very beginning, is most relationships are somewhat, I would say, in a way, unbalanced or unequally distributed. You have one person who's constantly looking out for the other person. And the other person, yeah, they reciprocate, but they're not really present. They might be, you know, at a coffee shop. One of them will be on the phone. The other one will be making sure they have the muffin they like and the coffee and whatever. And it could be, you know, either side of the relationship could be that way. But the thing I really liked about We Best Love, the series, is when Gao Shidi and Zhao Shui decide to be a couple, they are present with one another. I mean, they are so focused on each other equally in ways that I think are interesting. And they really don't give a hoot what anyone thinks about them, what anyone thinks of their relationship. They are just happy to be together and grateful that they have found one another. And I think that's one of the things that I find most interesting about this series is the level of focus in this series with those two characters, because they really are present. And, you know, when I was a kid, everyone would say, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I remember I was a really weird child, but I would sit there and go, it's not really important what I'm going to be in the future. What's important is who I am being right now. Because who I'm being right now is going to affect who I am in the future. And it's not really what I do so much as who I am and how focused I am as a person. I was high-functioning autistic. Okay, that's all I'm saying. It's kind of all about being. But still, you know, I think the thing that is interesting about them is their focus. They are not easily dissuaded. I mean... Hell could freeze over and they would still be focused. And yeah, they might have distance. They might have time. They might have five years. And yeah, Zhao Shui might be hurting like hell because of what happened. Because honestly, at the end of the day, I think the thing that this episode really brings to light is how painful the whole experience was for Zhao Shui, as well as Gao Shi. I think last episode was mainly about the pain Gao Shui had with the distance. I mean, especially the last few scenes. I mean, the way that he breaks down when he comes to see Zhao Shui, and he's totally drunk and totally, you know, not himself. But also at the core, I think he's very honest about himself in those scenes. And in the same way, I think in this episode, we get to see another side of Zhao Shui, which isn't really the obvious side. So anyway, the dad and Gao Shidi are at the pub. Gao Shidi finds out that he was thought to have a blonde woman. He's not really sure how that happened. He's still trying to mull that over and go, number one, Zhao Shui came to America after military service, so he could see me before he started to work in the company. He thought I was with this woman. No wonder he's madder than hell at me right now. Because, you know, it's one thing to be gone for five years, and it's another thing entirely to be gone for five years and for you to have your beloved think that you were having an affair with a woman who you had a child with. I mean, there are different levels of 
bad behavior. And I'd say that, you know, it's one thing to not write or call home. And it's another to find out that you might have another family somewhere. I'm just saying. So anyway, he's sitting there going, when he finds this out, he basically gets up and he says, you know what? He finds out the dad never planned on honoring that five-year promise. And he says, you know what? I really don't give a hoot what you think anymore. And I'm going to go take care of this. And he goes back to Zhao Shui's to basically, you know, clear up the five years of misunderstanding and say, you know, I didn't um, have an affair with a blonde woman and have a kid. But he really doesn't have the chance to do that because when he gets to Zhao Shui's house, Zhao Shui's trying to take care of the contract and the fact that the two guys who he grew up in college with are upset because they missed their date, worked overtime, and now they want to nap because they didn't get any sleep the night before and Zhao Shui didn't show up. And so he's like, you know what, I'll pay you double the overtime and please just have the one character quit whining, okay, to make up for your date, you'll get paid really well, it'll be fine. But he's also extremely sick after everything that's happened. And Zhao Shui had underlying stomach problems all through college, too, because he didn't take care of himself. And he ends up getting so sick as he's walking about his house that he kind of collapses in a heap on his sofa as the same moment that Zhao Shui, Shidi is coming to the door saying, Zhao Shui, I need to talk to you. And, and Zhao Shui opens her and says, you know what? I don't really have time to talk. I need you to call the ambulance. The next scene happens that Zhao Shui and Gao Shidi are coming back to his house. Zhao Shui is basically in the car and Gao Shidi is kind of looking at him, trying to unbuckle him like, you know, I really wish we could go back. You know, I really wish we could change things. Basically, you can tell he's thinking and it's like Zhao Shui is like, but we can't. You left. You, you know, all this stuff happened. And you can tell that even though Zhao Shui wants the walls to be down, he can't really go there. And I think that's really interesting because, you know, it's one thing in a relationship to have someone come back that, you know, they'll always have your heart, but they might not always have your respect or your ability to trust them, which in some ways makes it really, really difficult, I think, because... Yeah, Zhao Shui will probably care about Gao Shidi till the day he dies. But if he thinks that he's a two-timer, if he thinks that he's going to be someone who's going to take care of things on his own without, you know, consulting Zhao Shui later on in the future, it'd be really hard to trust. And it'd be really hard to, um, you know, have them gain back your respect, as it were. And so anyway, Zhao Shui goes back into the house with Gao Shidi and says, you know what, you can leave now. I'm home. I'm going to work on my stuff. You know, you can leave. And he picks up the phone to call Bin Wei and the other guy and, you know, get that contract taken care of. It's at this point that Gao Shidi comes over, takes the phone from Zhao Shui, puts it on the table, picks up Zhao Shui, and as he's fighting tooth and nail, hauls him to the bedroom to put him on the bed and says, you are going to lay down and you are resting. You just got out of the hospital, the emergency room. You're going to rest. I'm going to make you food. And then you're going to take your medicine like a good Zhao Shui. <laughs> and I can't help thinking that Zhao Shui kind of resembles, you know, a nice Pomeranian. I don't know why. Maybe it's the haircut. But anyway, and Zhao Shui is fighting tooth and nail to get up from the bed. And Gao Shidi is a lot bigger than him and plops him back down and then plops him back down again and just kind of stands over him. And he looks at him and he goes, it's at this point that he just asks the question. He says, if I have come back that first year and I had gone directly to see you instead of to see your dad, 
would you have gone with me, Zhao Shui? Would that have made things better somehow that you could have trusted me and this would have worked out differently five years later? And it's at this point that I think Zhao Shui does one of the most understandable and I think one of the things that makes me like him the most of anything in this series because it is so darn human. But he turns his head and he closes his eyes because he can't handle the truth of that fact. And he says, you know what? We can't go back to five years before. So how can I say, you know, I would have, you know, stayed with you five years before if you had come to see me instead of my dad? Because you didn't do that, Gaoshidi. You went to go see my dad. And that changed this whole trajectory. And it's at that point that Gaoshidi goes and calls his cousin to see if there's something else he should add to the food he's making to make Zhao Shui feel better. And he says, you know what? As long as Zhao Shui's sick, he lets me stay and cook him food. But once he's well, I know him. Know he's going to kick me out of the house. And, and Zhao Shui's cousin, I really, I love Zhao Shui's cousin. He is a really cool character too. But he looks at me and he's talking to him over the phone. He says, you know what? You're so cute when you're emotional over the phone <laughs> and trying to make things right with Zhao Shui. And you've totally screwed this up. And you're so concerned, but you're so cute. And you know what? When you get back here to my pub, we'll have a talk and I'll be nice to you. <laughs> and it is so funny because it's like there are some people that are your relations sometimes that you can say things like that too that you couldn't say to other people. And it's at the same time that the cousin who was a doctor his past wannabe partner comes up because he's been the wannabe partner who's the chief technical officer came back to the restaurant when he found out that the cousin was there and he's been trying to help all day so that maybe the cousin will like him again or still which is more the case than the previous and so anyway he comes up and hears this conversation about Gaoshidi and he assumes that the cousin is romantically involved with Gao Shidi, which is totally not true unless you are reading a novel about Victorian Britain and then they always married their cousins. But I digress again. So anyway, and he is totally beside himself because he thinks Gao Shidi is his rival, which I think is absolutely hilarious because in the previous series, number one for you, if we best love, Zhao Shui was under the impression that the cousin liked Gao Shidi too, in the same way that the cousin's possible love interest thinks that he likes Gao Shidi. So it's kind of a humorous little twist here. But anyway, at the end of the day, um, Gao Shidi makes food for Zhao Shui, and then he goes to take it to Zhao Shui. It's at this point that he tries to wake up Zhao Shui and says, Zhao Shui, I made you some food. You need to get up and eat your food, take your medicine, and then go back to bed like a good Zhao Shui. And Zhao Shui doesn't want to get up. And it's at this point that Zhao Shui goes back in his mind. And I think this is something that's kind of interesting because when you're half asleep, half awake, you're a little less, your walls are down. And you can go places in your mind sometimes that you wouldn't normally go. But he goes back to when he was in college with Gao Shidi, and Gao Shidi was waking him up to get ready to go to school and calling him his page boy and trying to get him up so that he wouldn't get teased by the harsh professor. And Zhao Shui is like, I don't want to get up. I'll miss the test. And it's at that point that Gao Shidi realizes that Zhao Shui does want to go back 
to five years before. Zhao Xu wants to go back when they were in college, before all the misunderstanding happened, before, you know, everything got so confused and muddled. And it's at this point that Zhao Xu just forgets about feeding Zhao, or I'm sorry, Gao Xi forgets about feeding Zhao Xu, and he just comes and flops beside him, and Zhao Xu just kind of curls up into him. And it's at that point that they just kind of close that scene off. And I think this is a really cool scene for their relationship. Again, they are one of the coolest couples in any kind of drama I've seen. I think the only couple that I like better than them in drama, and I mean, I, I don't mean it weird. It's not because it's BL. It's just because of characters, is probably the one in Until We Meet Again with Farm and PD. I mean, they're a really cool couple. They bring things to the relationship that makes them much better as individuals together than they would be apart. They complement each other in ways that is interesting and unique and kind of holds to the fact that I think, you know, in relationships, both parties should make the other party better and in, in turn make the world a better place by being together. And this is kind of where their scene closes in this episode. We then switch back to the cousin who was a doctor and is now the pub owner who has to go stop a kerfluffle with the other, the chief technical officer who has started a fight because they were talking bad about the doctor's beer and wine. It's at this point that the doctor throws that guy over his shoulder and takes him over to a patio where he bandages up his hand. As he's bandaging up the chief technical officer's hand, he says, you know what? You need to give me up. You need to go live your life. You're 37 years old now. You can't always like me just because you liked me when you were in high school and I helped you out when you were in high school. And the chief technical officer's like, that's not why I like you. I like you for other reasons than the fact that I knew you in high school. I like you because you're the person in the world that I like. But that really doesn't matter because you like Gao Shidi, so I have no chance. And he's sitting there so dilapidated. And, you know, I think it's really interesting in this scene because the doctor doesn't deny Gaoshi, mainly because I think the doctors really convinced the cousin of Gaoshidi that if he were in relationship with the chief technical officer, it wouldn't be good for the chief technical officer. He's convinced himself that because of the age difference, because of the troubledness of the chief technical officer, that a relationship would just make things more confusing, that the what ifs are too much. And you know, I think that's a very very practical and human things because sometimes the what ifs can really choke a horse on a relationship you can sit there and go you know what if things went wrong what if in this case you know the age difference was too much what if you know the situation of his mental health became too encompassing and our relationship made it worse you know those are really good questions and those aren't something to just brush over and it's in this scene, I think, whoever played the doctor, I think he did an absolutely fantastic job because he's not trying to be cruel to the chief technical officers. A lot of people would look at this scene and go, oh, he's so cruel to the chief technical officer. He should just, you know, tell him he likes him like he does. But, you know, life isn't always so black and white when it comes to this kind of thing. And mainly because I think sometimes people do care too much to see the people they care about hurt. 
And I think with the doctor, it's not that he cares too little about the chief technical officer. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. I'm not good with remembering Mandarian names. I am trying to get better. But anyway, but I think it's Peishui. No, that's the doctor. But anyway, I'm not sure. I'm just going to call him chief technical officer, CTO. So anyway, but I think that he's trying to do his very best, but the chief technical officer, and he assumes that that would not be with him. And you know what? I think in his case, he's dead wrong, but I also can totally see his point because there are so many what ifs in that situation. And, you know, I think the coolest thing that I've seen so far about this couple is if you haven't seen it, check out the movie or the music video. I think it's called love letter it just came out but it's off this series and it basically shows the doctor and the chief technical officer's relationship and it's one of the most cool music videos i mean all the music videos for a best love are cool don't get me wrong but there's something about this one that i think is interesting i find it i find it very well done but anyway at the end of the day, the chief or the chief technical officer decides to kiss the cousin full in the face, and the cousin just remains emotionless about this. And the chief technical officer is brokenhearted because he knows that he thinks that Gao Shidi is the one who the doctor likes. And I think this is a very hard scene in this um, series, simply because you know that both characters really care about each other a lot but both characters have no way of being able to express that verbally physically emotionally well because in many ways the doctor though seeming to function well in society is in many ways like the chief technical officer he has major walls major what i would call mental issues regarding relationships and being absolutely totally frozen in fear about stuff and in many ways, I think that's one of the reasons that he and the chief technical officer are good together is because they fill each other and balance each other in a way that basically takes their weaknesses and combines them to make a strength. And I think that's one of the things I do like best about this series is the characterizations and who they end up with are so positive in the end, even though there are many negatives relating it. I mean, from the petulance of Zhao Shui to the trying too hard of Gao Shidi to the craziness of the chief technical officer to the inability to express themselves of the doctor slash cousin. I think in many ways, their weaknesses are made into strengths by who they end up with. And that's kind of a cool thing. I would give this episode an off-the-chart 10. If I could, I'd give it a 20 because it is so, so superb. And I am totally looking forward to episode 4, peeps. I'm just saying it's coming out next Friday, and I know where I will be. So, you know, this series is totally, totally awesome. It truly is one of the few that I will be watching again and again and keeping a perpetual subscription to Tencent Video so I can do so. But if you haven't seen um, number one for you and Fighting Mr. Second, you could literally watch these in an afternoon. That's another reason I love them. If you also haven't seen History 2, which was done by the same writer, right or wrong, you should definitely check that out as, again, it's superlative. It was the 
second BL I ever watched. And it's what got me totally hooked on BLs because I realized that it really wasn't about BL. It was about the quality and the storyline was absolutely awesome. And it's the same with these series. Um, this is one that I would feel perfectly comfortable watching with my children, although I might skip a couple scenes, but it would depend on their age because nothing really goes awry in either scenes that I'm thinking of. It's just inferred that it could have gone awry in those scenes. So I would, I would use, you know, your own judgment and see what you think. But I do have to say uh, this series is absolutely superlative. I can totally see why it's kind of taken the Asian market by storm. And, you know, actually this, um, these reviews have been the most um, listened to on the podcast, I think, overall, except for maybe BTS Dynamite review. But anyway, you know, I think this has really struck a chord with a lot of people. And mainly, I think it's about the compatibility of the characters and the presence, as well as the storyline, because it, yeah, it's about two people that meet in college, like a lot of BLs, but it's, it's a little different in my opinion than most of like the college BL type that you see. And I think that's one reason that I really like it because it asks different questions. And I think part of the reason is, is it has more conflict in it, which normally I hate conflict. I mean, of any kind, I loathe conflict. Actually, I don't hate conflict when it arises. I hate the idea of conflict. And so therefore I try to avoid all forms of conflict. I mean, try to be on, try to, you know, have inner peace, all that. But in many ways, I think the way that we handle conflict defines us. And I think that's one of the things that I find interesting about this series is how they handle their difficulties in a positive way and overcome that to find understanding. But anyway, that is my review of Fighting Mr. Second, We Best Love, Episode 3. It's on Tencent Video We TV app for a minimal subscription fee. You have VIP access. Totally, totally, totally worth it, peeps. I mean, I cannot say that enough. And I'm not getting paid to support We Tencent Video or We TV. I'm just saying it is totally worth it. And there's a bunch of other shows you can watch on there, too. Anime. Um all kinds of Chinese drama, Taiwanese drama. Uh, I think there's even J drama on there, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, just check it out. It is totally worth it just for We Best Love series. And they are coming out with a new episode or season three, which I can hardly wait for. I'm going, that's going to be cool. What's it going to be about? <laughs> you know, but anyway, check it at the round table. Bye.